Chapter Eight of the Wonderful Bed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wonderful Bed by Gertrude Nevels. Chapter Eight: Mutiny on Board. For some time, the children leaned over the rail, looking back at the group of cats gathered at the water's edge. The form of the pirate chief towered above them all as he ran up and down the beach, yowling out all sorts of commands, to which was paid very little attention by anyone, and stopping every little while to flourish an angry paw in the direction of the merry mouser. Peter regarded him sadly. Poor old Mitts, he sighed. It was an awful mean trick to play on him. He hasn't got any other boat, and he looks so mad. I believe he'd swim after us if he could. He could, all right, said Prowler gravely, but he'd get his paws wet, and that's a serious thing, you know. Rudolph and Ann burst out laughing, and even Peter smiled, for it seemed to them a funny thing for a pirate to fuss about. Now, exclaimed Rudolph, as the breeze freshened and the forms of the cat pirates began to fade from sight, there's a great deal to be attended to. What do you think we'd better get at first? "'My pink pajamas!' cried Prowler, leaping in the air and turning a double somersault in his delight. "'My paper collars!' shouted Growler, following his example. Rudolph was disgusted with the two mates for thinking of such nonsense at a time like this, but it was no use trying to do anything with them. They left the merry mouser to his management and rushed below to bring up the false hare's suitcase. When they returned, they were followed by the two spotted sailors whom they introduced to the children as Toddles and Towser. Toddles and Towser were still very sleepy. They had managed to free themselves by chewing the string that bound their paws, but they did not seem at all disturbed by the change in affairs or inclined to make any trouble. Rudolph placed them both at the wheel with stern directions to keep each other awake, if possible. He then went below to see if he could find his sword before either Growler or Prowler should take a fancy to it. It was hanging up over Captain Mitten's berth, and under the chief's pillow, neatly folded ready for the night, Rudolph found Peter's pajamas. As they were quite dry now, he called Peter and insisted on his putting them on, much against the little boy's wishes, for hot and tight and furry as his borrowed suit had been, Peter had felt gloriously like a pirate in it very sulkily he followed his brother out of the cabin but when the two had mounted to the deck peter sulks gave way to a burst of giggles at the sight of growler and prowler ann was sitting on the deck quite weak with laughter while the two mates dressed in their stolen finery paraded up and down in front of her prowler's pink pajamas were a better fit for him than growler's paper collar which nearly concealed his pirate's nose only the points of his whiskers and the tips of his black ears showing. Anne had added to his costume by the loan of her blue hair ribbon, which she had tied in a nice bow on the tip of his tail. But Prowler, if possible, looked even more silly than Growler, for he copied the actions of Captain Mittens as closely as he could, folding his paws on his chest and scowling gloomily about him. He seemed extremely vexed when the children laughed, but they really could not help it, since a pirate in pink pajamas is not particularly dreadful. At last, after much coaxing, Rudolph got the whole party to sit down in a circle on the deck and consult with him on some plan of action. "'We must make up our minds,' said he firmly, "'on where we are going, and what is the nearest land, and what we are going to do when we get there, and who is in command of the Merry Mouser anyway, and—' 
Here he was interrupted by Prowler, who said would he please go a little slower, for Rudolph was making his headache, and it reminded him of going to his aunt's to say his catechism. "'The thing to do,' drawled Growler sleepily, "'is to do nothing at all, till you get somewheres where something's gotta be done, and then like's not it's too late to do anything and all your troubles saved for you rudolph did not think much of this as advice but prowler seemed delighted hurrah my hearties he shouted and up he jumped stood on his furry head on the deck and waved his pink pajamaed legs in the air now we can have our tea he cried the faces of the three children brightened at the pleasant thought of tea and when the tray arrived carried by towser ann asked if she might pour paw away cried prowler grinning widely as he fixed his round yellow eyes on a small covered dish that toddles had just set before him ann lifted the cover of the teapot to peep inside but as she sniffed the steam an expression of disgust wrinkled up her little nose ah she cried it's catnip tea of course it is answered prowler calmly catnip tea and stewed mouse's tails and I asks, what could anybody want nicer? Little girls that don't like what's put before em can go without. Ever hear anything like that before? asked Growler sweetly, and as he spoke he reached over and took the covered dish away from Prowler and helped himself to it largely. But we don't any of us like this kind of a tea, cried Rudolph angrily. Then all the more for us that does, said Prowler, and he snatched the dish in his turn away from Growler and emptied all that was left of it on his own plate. Since there was nothing else for the children to do, they sat and watched the two mates eat, all of them feeling decidedly cross, especially Peter. When every drop was finished and every crumb licked up, Growler said to Prowler, Time for an nap, old boy, and without so much as a look in the children's direction, the two rude fellows turned tail and marched off arm in arm to their bunks. Well, they are nice, cried Anne, and what are we going to do, I would like to know. What we are going to do, said Rudolph thoughtfully, is probably to be shipwrecked. Oh, not right away, he added quickly, as he saw how frightened his little sister looked but there's land close ahead as sure as sure can be, and if I'm not much mistaken, Toddles and Towser have both gone to sleep at the wheel. It was true. The two common sea-cats had left the wheel to take care of itself and had curled themselves up in a soft round ball on the deck for a nap, from which the children found it impossible to arouse them. I will try to steer and also mind the sheet, I think that's what it's called, said Rudolph, but as I don't know much about sailing a boat, except what I've read in books, and you and Peter don't know anything, I think the least we'll do will be to run her aground. Let's try to wake Growler and Prowler up, Anne begged. They can't be sound asleep yet. The two mates were not only sound asleep, but snoring loudly. Anne and Peter tried shaking them, spanking them, even drenching them with the cold remains of the catnip tea, but it was all no use they could not get them to stir. Meanwhile, the merry mouser was drifting dangerously near land, in spite of all Rudolph could do to prevent her. He did several things, and he ordered Peter and Anne to do a good many others, but all of them felt glad the false hare was not there to compliment them on their seamanship. At last there came a dull shock and a jar, and the merry mouser ran her nose into a sandbar, quivered all over, and then stood still. 
The thing to do now, said Rudolf easily, just as if he had planned it all, is for us to get into the little boat we are towing and row ourselves ashore. Of course we must wake up the mates and the crew and take them with us. It was simply astonishing the things those children had to do to Growler and Prowler before they could get either of them so much as to open an eye. When they were at last able to understand what had happened, they merely turned over and growled out, Oh, is that all? Aground, are we? You needn't have waked us up for that. Be off as soon as you like and give us some rest, too. They had hardly left off speaking before they were sound asleep again. As for Toddles and Towser, they refused to wake at all. The children left them where they lay and climbed over the side of the Merry Mouser into the little rowboat which Rudolph had brought alongside. When all were safely aboard, he cut loose the tow-rope, took the oars, and pulled away from the pirate ship. After a short and pleasant row, they reached a gently shelving beach where it was not difficult to make a landing. End of chapter 8